Hello, and welcome to this morning's edition of 5 at 8. Today is Thursday, October 12th, 2023, and I'm Mark Overman, joined by my co-host, Linda Carlisle. In this episode, we'll talk about NASA's successful mission to collect samples from the asteroid Bennu, the rise in natural gas prices in Europe due to supply concerns, the development of an AI system to aid brain surgeons in making faster diagnoses, the intensified assault on the Ukrainian town of Avdiivka by Russian forces, and Saudi Aramco's potential purchase of a stake in Shandong Yulong Petrochemical Co. in China. Story number one. In a report from the New York Times, NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission successfully collected samples from the asteroid Bennu during its seven-year journey. Scientists have analyzed the initial findings, revealing the presence of water molecules trapped in clay minerals, as well as sulfur and magnetite. The samples also contain carbon, the building block of life. The mission's success has been hailed by scientists who believe that asteroids like Bennu may have contributed to the origin of life on Earth. The spacecraft is now heading towards the asteroid Apophis for further exploration. Will you look at that, Linda? This OSIRIS-REx mission to Bennu is truly a game-changer. The sheer volume of materials they've managed to bring back is astounding, and the implications it has on our understanding of life's origins are immense, right? The discovery of water molecules trapped in clay minerals and carbon, the building block of life, in the samples from Bennu, lends credence to the concept of panspermia. This hypothesis suggests that life might not be exclusive to Earth, but could be distributed throughout the universe via asteroids, comets, and other celestial bodies. That's just mind-blowing, Linda. So if we're finding similar materials on an asteroid like Bennu, could this mean that life, in some form or another, exists elsewhere in the cosmos? The possibility certainly exists, Mark. But it's important to remember that the presence of these materials doesn't guarantee life. What it does indicate, though, is that the conditions needed for life to form might be more common than we previously thought. And that's a significant step forward in our quest to discover extraterrestrial life. Incredible, Linda. And what about the future? What's next for the OSIRIS-REx? Or should I say OSIRIS-APEX? Well, Mark, the spacecraft is now headed toward Apophis, another asteroid. Its close approach to Earth in 2029 will provide an excellent opportunity for further studies. These continuous explorations are crucial in advancing our understanding of astrobiology and Earth's cosmological history. Space exploration never ceases to amaze me, Linda. It's like we're unraveling the mysteries of the cosmos one asteroid at a time. And each mission brings us one step closer to answering the age-old question, are we alone in the universe? Story number two. Natural gas prices in Europe have risen over 20% due to concerns about supply disruptions stemming from conflicts in Israel and Ukraine, as reported by the New York Times. The recent damage to a pipeline linking Finland to Estonia, possibly due to sabotage, has added to the unease in the market. Europe, which has reduced its reliance on Russian gas supplies, remains heavily dependent on imported fuel and could face higher prices in the event of unexpected disruptions. While gas storage facilities are nearly filled to capacity, the incidents highlight the vulnerability of the continent and the potential impact of a colder-than-average winter. The Finnish government has raised concerns about deliberate acts of sabotage on critical infrastructure, and NATO has stated that it would respond unitedly and determinedly if proven to be a deliberate act on NATO critical infrastructure. 
Finland and Estonia are currently exploring alternative gas sources, but the loss of the Baltic connector pipeline leaves both countries exposed to winter shortages. Additionally, the New York Times has reported that the shutdown of the Tamar gas production platform in Israel raises questions about Egypt's availability of liquefied natural gas for export to Europe and elsewhere. What an unsettling situation Europe finds itself in, Linda. It's clear as day that these disruptions in gas supply are exposing some weak points in their energy infrastructure. It's like watching a house of cards start to wobble, you know? The fact that incidents as varied as geopolitical unrest, potential sabotage, and even weather changes can have such a significant impact on energy supplies is a clear sign of vulnerability. It's like a spider's web. If you touch one strand, the whole web shakes. You hit the nail on the head there, Linda. And the ripple effects are felt by everyone, from the folks trying to heat their homes to industries that rely on a steady energy supply. It's a bit like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. And let's not forget that this isn't the first time Europe has faced such a predicament. The shutdown of Russia's pipeline shipments last year was another blow to the energy security in the region. It's like stepping on the same rake twice. Right you are, Linda. And when you think about the political dimensions of this, it gets even more complex. Finland just joined NATO, and any intentional damage to their infrastructure is a direct challenge to the alliance. It's like poking a sleeping bear. The geopolitical implications are far-reaching and could potentially escalate tensions further. But on the flip side, these incidents also present an opportunity for Europe to strengthen its energy infrastructure and reduce its dependence on imports. It's like finding a silver lining in a storm cloud. Good point, Linda. Necessity is the mother of invention, after all. Whether it's diversifying import routes or setting up temporary LNG terminals, there are solutions out there. It's about rolling up the sleeves and getting to work. Yes, Mark. These mitigation strategies might be challenging to implement, but they are crucial for averting an energy crisis. It's like building a dam before the flood. It takes effort, but the payoff is worth it. Story number three. According to the New York Times, scientists in the Netherlands have developed a method using artificial intelligence, AI, to aid brain surgeons in making more precise and faster diagnoses during surgery. The AI system, called Sturgeon, scans segments of a brain tumor's DNA and identifies chemical modifications that can provide detailed information about the type and subtype of the tumor. The system was tested on frozen tumor samples and during live brain surgeries, accurately diagnosing cases within 40 minutes and less than 90 minutes, respectively. The method aims to provide surgeons with crucial information to determine how aggressively to operate and could also help guide doctors towards tailored treatments for specific tumor subtypes. How incredible is this? This Dutch study is really pushing the envelope in terms of leveraging AI in medical procedures. It's like giving surgeons a new set of eyes, an AI-powered lens to look at brain tumors, Yes, it's a significant step forward in the application of AI in healthcare. The Sturgeon system, as they call it, provides valuable information that can guide surgeons during the operation. It's a real-time, data-driven approach that can potentially transform neurosurgery. The fact that this system can deliver a diagnosis within 90 minutes during the surgery is, well, nothing short of revolutionary. It's like having a second opinion right there in the operating room. The potential to steer doctors toward treatments tailored for a specific subtype of tumor. It's genuinely groundbreaking. Yes, the speed and precision are impressive. But there are some notable challenges. 
For instance, the deep learning system may struggle to identify tumor-specific markers if the sample taken includes some healthy brain tissue. Also, there's the issue of intratumor heterogeneity, where the small segment being sequenced may not represent the entire tumor. And not all tumors, let alone all cancers, can be diagnosed this way. Right you are, Linda. It's not a silver bullet solution, but it's progress. And remember, this is just one application. Think about the other aspects of healthcare where AI could make a difference. AI is not replacing doctors or surgeons, far from it. It's empowering them with more precise information to make informed decisions. This is about enhancing medical care, not replacing the human touch. It's about using technology to improve patient outcomes. A more profound understanding of tumors can potentially lead to the development of targeted treatments that are less damaging to the nervous system. But like all technological advancements, it needs to be implemented responsibly, considering all the challenges and ethical implications. Story number four. Russian forces have intensified their assault on the Ukrainian town of Avdivka with heavy artillery bombardment and tanks, as reported by the New York Times. Ukrainian forces have repelled the attacks so far, but Avdivka is suffering one of the heaviest assaults in months. The town is part of the Donetsk region, which Russia claimed to have annexed but does not fully control. Avdivka has been a symbol of Ukrainian resistance to Russia's onslaught, and despite constant Russian strikes, Ukrainian forces have clung on. The Institute for the Study of War stated that a successful encirclement of the town would require more forces than Russia currently has dedicated to its offensive efforts. Wouldn't it be fair to say, Linda, that the situation in Avdiivka is a microcosm of the larger geopolitical tussle between Russia and Ukraine? We're seeing an intensification of Russia's offensive operations, and it's clear that this isn't just a random act of aggression. This is a carefully planned military strategy aimed at seizing land that Russia claims to have already annexed but doesn't fully control. And it's not just about the territorial claim, it's also about the symbolism of Avdivka. The town has become a symbol of Ukrainian resistance since the war started, and it's one of the most heavily fortified areas in the Donetsk region. A successful encirclement of Avdivka would be a significant blow to Ukraine's morale and a major victory for Russia. Yeah, exactly! It's a chess game and every move matters. Russia's trying to force Ukraine into a corner, using heavy artillery bombardment and tanks to break through their defenses. But Ukraine's not backing down. They've managed to repel all the attacks so far despite the odds. It's a testament to their resilience and determination. Yes, it's a classic David versus Goliath scenario, but we shouldn't forget the human cost of this conflict. Nearly all of Avdiivka's 30,000 residents have been forced to flee because of Russian strikes. This isn't just a military conflict, it's a humanitarian crisis. The human toll is heartbreaking. It's a reminder of why it's so important to find a peaceful resolution to this conflict. War? It's... it's just hell. No matter which side you're on. Couldn't agree more, Mark. And as bleak as things might seem, we can't lose hope. Diplomacy, dialogue, and negotiations, they might seem futile in the face of such aggression, but they are our best bet at resolving this crisis and preventing further loss of life. Story number five. Saudi Aramco is in discussions to purchase a 10% stake in Shandong Yulong Petrochemical Co., as reported by Reuters. Shandong Yulong is constructing a refinery complex capable of processing 400,000 barrels of crude oil per day in China's Shandong province. 
The preliminary agreement would allow Aramco to supply Shandong Yulong with crude oil and other feedstock. The deal is contingent upon due diligence, negotiation of transaction documents, and regulatory approvals. Aramco sees the collaboration as an opportunity to contribute to China's energy security and development. Whoa, Linda! Did you see this? Aramco is looking to grab a 10% stake in Shandong Yulong Petrochemical. Now, that's a strategic power move if I've ever seen one. They're not just content with dominating the Arabian Peninsula, they're really setting their sights on the global stage. And I say, why not? It's a competitive world out there, and if they've got the resources and the ambition, more power to them. Well, yes, Mark, I do see your point. But I'm, um, a bit concerned about this trend. I mean, yes, on the surface, it's business as usual. Companies, especially in the oil sector, are always looking for ways to expand and integrate into international markets. But, um, the rate at which Saudi Aramco is acquiring stakes around the globe, particularly in China, it's, um, it's unprecedented. And I can't help but worry about the implications it could have on the balance of power within the energy sector. Ah, balance schmullens, Linda. Look, business is all about growth, right? And Aramco's just doing what it needs to survive and thrive in this cutthroat industry. It's not like they're the only ones doing it. Heck, look at ExxonMobil, BP, Shell. They're all making similar moves. Plus, let's not forget, this could be a win-win situation for both parties. Aramco gets to expand its global reach, and China gets a steady supply of crude oil and other feedstock. It's a classic case of synergy. Hmm, I see your point, Mark. But I still, um, I still have reservations. And it's not just about the balance of power. It's about the environmental implications as well. We're in the midst of a climate crisis, and we should be looking at reducing our reliance on fossil fuels, not, um, not increasing it. And with China being the world's largest emitter of greenhouse gases, this move could potentially exacerbate the problem. So, while Aramco's global expansion may seem like a smart business move, I believe it's important to consider the broader implications. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.